You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Nam, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rabbi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're going to look today at uh, the sixth chapter of, uh, of Tomer Devorah. In the Hebrew, it's uh, Kuf Mem Bet, uh, 142. And in the English, it's 102. 102. Uh, we're, we're moving along. The, again, the uh, Cordovero set up the Tober Devorah following along each of the Sfirot, each of the uh, Kabbalistic notion of divine attributes, um, and, uh, and then is going to try to uh, um, connect them to human behavior, how a human can emulate uh, that attribute of God. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at, uh, at the attribute of chesed, kindness, love. And the Kabbalists believe that balancing out God's love is gvura, God's power. Um, and uh, so this is something that we've spent a, a considerable amount of time talking about because um, uh, the, the Kabbalists, perhaps wishfully uh, thinking, um, uh, perhaps linking it to, uh, to a, a, a strand of the tradition that uh, they give preference to for a number of reasons, uh, we've, we've been dealing a lot more, even not just specifically in the realm of chesed, uh, but we've been dealing a lot more with the idea of chesed. We've been dealing a lot more with God's uh, love, God's forgiveness, uh, God's uh, compassion, uh, God's patience, etc., etc. Uh, and, uh, and now we come to uh, God's power, which the Kabbalists believe was, is always there, is always an attribute of God, um, but they, uh, but they uh, hope that it is not a prominent attribute of God. But nevertheless, it balances out God's love. Power, in this sense, uh, means a couple things. It, it means, it means God's, God's capacity to do bad things. Right? Uh, because presumably the, there, there's also a power in love and kindness, right? Um, so that's God's power as well. That's God's power to do nice things. Um, but when, when we talk about gvura, power, it's God's capacity to do, to do, to do what, we, what we in our experience perceive as bad things. Right? Why um, does it say, why, why does it introduce the subject of power and make it only bad? Mm-hmm. Why isn't power? I people have power and they do right. good things. True. With the power. True. So power is is a neutral. I think um, you can use power for good or for bad. Um, I think that the understanding of many of the other spherot is that they involve God's power, right? But they're just not labeled power. Um, another name for this sphira is deen, which is judgment. Um, so the, bad is maybe bad is the wrong wrong term here, um, but it has the sense of uh, of you know um, things that are necessarily but excuse me things that are necessary for life for existence but are nevertheless painful, right? um, or that we experience them as painful and therefore we uh, term them as as bad. Um, so the the much of uh, Jewish mystical practice is uh, an exercise in avoiding manifestations of God's power, 
right? Trying to stem God's power, trying to get God not to use uh, this aspect of God's power. So you're you're absolutely right on the money, um, and uh, and maybe it's a, a lack of a of a good term. Um, gvura may not be uh, totally precise, uh, but another place that the, this word gvura in more traditional uh, Jewish um, uh, context gets used is in the Amida. It's the second blessing of the Amida um, is is called gvurot, right? It enumerates God's powers, and one of the things that we say is you know mashiv haruach murid hagashem. Right, uh, that God makes the the wind blow and the rain fall. Right now, the rain is a good thing. Right, it can also, in human experience, be perceived as a bad thing. Right, so um, so the power is in some level neutral, but it's sort of like these necessary things for the functioning of the world that sometimes we experience as bad. Um, Right, and, and, I, and I do want to give a sort of disclaimer here because um, there are elements of the direction that he goes um, in talking about Gvura that I think are really quite uh, uh, beautiful and some that are really, uh, frankly, in my opinion, quite troubling. Um, so we'll go through it, um, but, uh, but I have to give the disclaimer at, at the onset that I don't necessarily agree with, uh, with his total uh, conception here. I imagine that the people sitting around this table won't either. Um, but, uh, but I think it can invite a, a conversation. Right? Remember that, um, that Cordovero was a medieval, right? and, uh, and so there are elements to which he's a product of his time. Um, and it's very hard to escape the, the, the framework of uh, the mindset of the time in which you live. Um, so it's not totally to exonerate him. He's responsible for his own opinions. Uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, right, there were ideas that were in vogue in, in you know, uh, medieval Spain that uh, are thankfully no longer in vogue today. Right, so, uh, well, Except in Except perhaps in Mayashar, right, right, which is in some ways still in, in medieval Europe, right? Um, oh, by the way, there is a, um, this, this is, a, but you brought that up, there's a, um, a, a great article, where I think it was in the, the forward yesterday, um, about um, uh, some, some kosher certification agencies that, uh, um, that end up funneling a lot of their profits into um, into communities like Meisharim, um, uh, in in sustaining them, right? So um, and enabling them to have you know um, more, I don't know, more capital, more political power in Israel, et cetera, which which we've seen becoming um, increasingly problematic in Israel. Um, so the the kosher agencies that were mentioned specifically, one was um, uh, Badatz which is uh, one of the largest Israeli certification agencies. Um, uh, and uh, the other one is a smaller American certification agency, the CRC, not the Chicago Rabbinical Council, um, but some other one. Anyway, it's, it's worth looking at because the article called for a, uh, a boycott of those uh, of, of products that have those kosher symbols. And he says, you know, it's... The, the, like one of the lines of the article is like, in, you know, in order for us to be kosher as a Jewish community, we need to stop keeping kosher. <laughs> um, it was an interesting uh, um, uh, uh, thought, right? But um, in any event, okay, that's uh, neither. The, that's I, the idea of boycott, though, can be dangerous, as we as we see recently with Israel, people saying, you know, boycott investments. Mm -hmm. Boycott's bad. 
Well, you know that that is true, and it's not true, right? It's it's uh, it's it's not necessarily true when it comes to uh, boycott and divestment from Israel. Although I understand why people who don't like Israel want to do it, but the idea of boycotting in general, I think, is actually a very Jewish idea. We're not supposed to financially support people who are committing transgressions, right? So. Um, so I think, you know, for example, I know a lot of Jews who were very heavily involved in the in Sudan divestment um, during uh, the Darfur genocide, which uh, um, is not necessarily over. Uh, but uh, um, I, I personally think that uh, divestment from Sudan is, uh, uh, you know, not, not only legitimate, but is called for Jewishly. Um, and I think that there's some, you know, there's some other uh, products that we might... Um, there's a new initiative in the conservative movement called the Heksher Tzedek, which means a justice symbol, um, which is mainly, is so at the moment, only for uh, uh, food. Uh, but, uh, but it means that we oughtn't uh, purchase food that was produced um, unethically, right? That, uh, uh, you know, that where employers don't mistreat their workers and things like that. So the, the idea of not, um, not purchasing products where, you know, that were pr produced sinfully um, is uh, is not inherently problematic. It's exactly. contextually but it, but problematic. Yeah. What's yeah. that? The government already does that. Mm, so the government's government labor laws are are, are very poorly enforced. Um, uh, and the, anyway, that's maybe another, or maybe selectively enforced. Um, so. Uh, that may be another conversation to have. I think the government, in theory, does it, uh, but in practice, doesn't always. Um, and uh, and and uh, American labor law is not necessarily, um, in some ways, as stringent as we would like it to be Jewishly. And I think um, Jewish law puts greater demands on the producers of, of products than American law does in some important ways. But anyway, uh, that's a little off our, off our t topic for this morning, but we can open that conversation perhaps another time. Uh, all, right, so, uh, all right, so let's begin. <clears throat> How can a person uh, cultivate God's virtue of power? Da, ki kol peulot hit orurut yetzer hara. Okay, you should know that, uh, that all actions which excite the evil inclination, remember that uh, according to the rabbinic tradition, every human being has two inclinations, a good inclination and an evil inclination. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, the, there are different ways of understanding those two inclinations. Rabbi Aristone says uh, that the evil inclination is best understood as the, uh, drive, um, uh, the, the drive of selfishness um, or self-centeredness. Um, so doing things only for my own benefit. Um, I'm not sure if that's the best translation of Yetzirah. Um, you know, here I think he means... Uh, um, uh, I think he means here physicality. Um, so uh, our our um, our purely animal drives, our purely animalistic drives. Our Yitzhar Tov, our the the medieval conception, especially in the mystical mindset, the conception is that the the human being is a composite creature, right? It has a uh, is has the body of an animal but the soul of a of an angel, 
Right? And, uh, and so the Yetzer Hara is the body of the animal, the Yetzer Atov is the soul of the angel, and they're, they're kind of at odds, right? The angel wants to kind of break out and manifest itself, the animal wants to um, be an animal, right? Um, Right? And so therefore, uh, you know, it, when you engage it, in certain actions, right, uh, um, uh, they can arouse the evil inclination. Right? Um, and so you should not do things that arouse the evil inclination um, so that you don't arouse uh, God's power. You're, that means that um, that the response, the divine response to our acting in constants with our uh, uh, in concert, excuse me, with our evil inclination, is is uh, is is uh, is God's power. God wants to um, exact judgment when we do things wrong, right? And we do things wrong primarily in this mindset uh, because of the uh, being led by our evil inclination, right? So. Our acting according to our evil inclination arouses God's desire for judgment and punishment. Right? The reason is that a person has these two inclinations. A person has a good inclination and a bad inclination. We have an attribute of ourselves that's connected to God's love, kindness. Right? That's our Yetzer HaTov. Our capacity to that, that I think is why Aristotle's conception is helpful is our, our, our capacity for selflessness is our Yetzer Tov, right? And that's that that I think is more related to this concept of kindness and love, right? Our our, our desire to, to do good things and to be a good person. Right? That's our Yetzer Tov, it's Chesed. And we also have a capacity for Gvura, uh, an inclination for, for power. Right? That I think is a, a fair way of describing a selfish drive. Right, a desire to, to have all for me and to be able to do everything. Omnam Pershu Bazohar Baparshat Breshit. Okay, so now we're gonna get an a, an explanation from the Zohar, the uh, the quintessential Jewish mystical text, um, uh, the uh, sermon on on uh, Parshat Breshit. Shiyitzar Tovni Vral Adamatsmo. Okay, so that um, uh, you can I don't think that the Zohar was understanding this metaphorically, but I think it's possible to understand it metaphorically, that, uh, that the good inclination was created with the first man. Litzarko, right? was created for, for his needs. V'yetzer hara, litzorech ishto. I ain't going to go through this now. I want to see you work through this. And I want you to cover your ears. That's just backwards. Well, because... Okay. Well, no. If it's created for man, that's selflessness. How could that be good? That was your definition mm. of being bad. All right. Uh, so that's a good question. Uh, the, so uh, it's not my definition. It's it's I, Rabbi Aristone's definition. Um, so let's just for for those who didn't catch the Hebrew there, let's just spell out what he says here. He says that um, that the the good inclination was created for the man's own needs. I think Litzarko is is for it's 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 a paradoxical. I, I hear you right. If, if we're translating Yitzharatov as the capacity for selflessness and it's for his own good, right? Then it's selfish. Um, so that may not be the best way of, of understanding it, or he could have just stepped himself into a paradox here. Um, um, but I think it's the, the sense is that uh, that acting in accordance with your with your drive to goodness is is good for you, right? Um, whereas, 
Whereas your Yetzer Hara, your, your uh, drive, your evil inclination is for your wife's needs, is for his wife's needs, the first human being. Right. Yes? If you took out the word evil and put in the word animal, yeah, that's what I was mm. thinking. Would it give a more balanced view? Possibly, although it, I still think it, it is slightly less misogynist. Right, but the, saying oh. that... That's uh, <laughs> a, a great phrase. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, these are all, this is all shades of gray here, right? But uh, uh, so... <laughs> It's saying that uh, saying that um, you know your your animal drives were created for your wife's needs, but your a- angelic drives were created for your own needs um, is maybe a little bit better than saying that your good drives were created for your needs and your bad drives were created for your wife, wife's needs. But still, it has this uh, sense that um, that 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 your your wife is less angelic than you are and only has animal needs that need fulfilling by your animal needs. I'm so glad that Eileen chose not to come. To <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, um, in any event, right? Um, okay, so see how sweet his words are. Hare Hatiferet, the God's, uh, um, the balanced uh, virtue of God is called Tiferet, which is uh, beauty. Bala Chesed Alayamin. Okay, so there's uh, kindness uh, hangs on the right hand of God. Right, and so all the right-handed attributes of God uh, correspond to the uh, good inclination. But the, the uh, feminine is on the left. All of uh, her behaviors are in, uh, are in the realm of power. Right, so therefore, it means that, uh, that, uh, that uh, a person should not arouse his evil inclination uh, uh, for, his own, uh, uh, for his own purposes. Because then it arouses the supernal man, right? Meaning the, the system of Svirot um, toward the left side, toward power, and it could destroy the world. Right, so anyway, if, if, if there's the, it means that humanity was created in a balance. I don't know if, if we really need to, to look at the, uh, the masculine and feminine things here, although the sense of, the, of Genesis is that male and female are created together to create a balance. Right, it's a azer connecto that they're helpmates opposite each other, that they balance each other out. So the sense is that the world was created in a balance, and when a person acts in accordance with that, with when when a man, let's say, acts in accordance with the yitzer hara, it shifts the balance. Right, it, it there's something disruptive about it, and it therefore. Uh, causes the balance in the cosmic realm to be shifted toward the left as well, toward God's uh, judgment and God's power. And it, there's the sense that, that the world is kind of, you know, standing on a hair, right, or hung by a hair. And it can't be, the, the, the balance can't be shifted, right? God has this, has these, uh, if you remember the chart of Sfirot, it's sort of like perfectly symmetrical. But if you shift it over one way or another, it's too much. Right, you need that balance. And so it says, Abed HaOlam, right? Our acting in accordance with our evil inclination can destroy the world. That, I think, has a profound truth to it. You take out the misogynist stuff here, um, and, and you can even take out the metaphysical stuff, but when humans act in accordance to their evil inclination, especially when it happens not just on an individual level, but on a large scale, it destroys the world. 
Right? And you can take that however, you know, in terms of however you want to define evil inclination here, it destroys the world. Now, it also means, though, and he's going to say this, the rabbis did a thought experiment. We'll end on this right now. We'll pick up next week. The rabbis did a thought experiment in the Talmud. They said, you know, um, if, the, if the evil inclination is so bad, right, then why did God create it? And so they imagined what a world would look like without the evil inclination. And what happened? No one engaged in business. No one had children. No one, um, you know, uh, no one uh, uh, had any had any uh, 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 property, right? Um, there are good things that come with utilizing, however you define the the capacity for selfishness, the animal drive, whatever it is, right? This, I think, is striving for balance, right? It destroys the world if we only act in accordance with our evil inclination, or we, we shift that balance too much to the evil inclination. But it also means that... Um, that the evil inclination doesn't only have to be used for bad. Right? So he's going to go on and say that so long as you are in control of your evil inclination, right? the Mishnah says, Ezehu gibor hakovesha itzro. So who's a, who's a mighty person? A person who can conquer their evil inclination. Right? That doesn't mean a person who destroys their evil inclination. It doesn't mean a person who, um, who doesn't have any evil inclination. It's a person who can manage their evil inclination. Why does it say that anger is ugly? Mm. We didn't get there yet. Okay. Um, so maybe actually I'll hold that question okay. off uh, for next week. Um, but I think, I mean, we've talked about this for just, you know, just uh, offhand. We talked about this um, uh, several times now in the course of... Uh, of the Tomer Devora. The sense is that um, anger is usually more harmful than it is good. Right? It usually causes people to act in ways that they oughtn't act and, and otherwise wouldn't act. Sometimes there is useful, righteous indignation. Right? Sometimes um, anger can help us defend ourselves in, in, in worthy circumstances. I'm not sure if that's the anger he's talking about. I'm, I think he's talking about temper. I think he's talking about like the, the initial anger response before we think through whether or not we ought to be that mad in that given situation, right? Because that anger, um, you know, uh, uh, produces a uh, right. Uh, so, um, but we'll talk since we're we're really um, you know sort of past the time. We'll just continue with this next week.